0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Homeschool, episode 55, the podcast where me and Andrew Rivers talk about uh, life and what's going on in the world and uh, comedy after we do 10 minutes of monologue jokes with a guest. Um, Our guest this week is Dave Neal. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, before we get started, you got any tour dates doing stand-up comedy that we should
1: know about? I am on the wedding circuit. I'll be a best man in Michigan next weekend. <laughs> and to keep my relationship healthy, I'm not going to be doing any spots while in town there. That's what I've learned. You don't get to uh, do spots while you're in a wedding. That doesn't <laughs> happen. So now I'm just around Los Angeles right now, doing tinkering around here.
0: Are you going to get to at least do a like
1: speech? Well, I will be, I'll be, I'm, I like to work material into like the bridesmaids. <laughs> so <laughs> my fiance is actually the officiant. So i you, you get a lot of clout when you are the person marrying them but uh, it'll 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 be uh it's all good friends so right on. it won't be any you know small small uh family thing
0: andrew guy has kind of got his start doing a best man speech and he was like i i could do this for a
1: living i am kind of good crowd like right you get a you get a great crowd if you have a joke
2: yeah I had like um I had like a rule of three and a callback. I didn't really know that those were like techniques at the time, I just kind of had an instinct to do that. Um, And then after I just, everyone came up to me afterwards and was like, you should be a comedian. And then I just saw the look in my dad's eyes like he was proud of me for the first time in his life, so. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. A glimpse
1: of somebody believing in you. Yes,
2: yes, literally.
1: (laughs) That's all all men need to think we deserve to speak uh, in an amplified system. (laughs)
0: That's funny. Yeah, that's great. And, Andrew, uh, now you're out on the road uh, doing comedy, Andrew. You're going to be with Steve here soon, huh?
2: Yeah, I'll be on tour with Steve Hofstetter uh, for the next basically two months, three months. Um, But uh, my own thing, actually, if I pull up my calendar quick enough, I'll be at uh, Ventura Harbor Comedy Club September 30th. Through October 2nd. I'm going to try and get Dave Neal some spots on those shows. Yes. And then uh, Laugh Camp in St. Paul, Minnesota on the 22nd
0: and 23rd. Awesome. I will be in Pullman, Washington at Etsy Bravo, is what it's called, next Friday, the 27th of August, and then September 16th through 18th in Gilbert, Arizona at JP's Comedy Club. Uh, let's do the jokes, but first, a three-second pause, because I don't know how to edit things.
2: (laughs) Welcome, Homeschool 55, the podcast where you learn nothing but dick jokes and social anxiety. We must be an anti-vaxxer podcast, because the jokes this week are sick. Hey. joe biden is considering a door-to-door vaccine outrage program uh, finally the J- COVID witnesses coming to your door
0: all right they get better uh Dave, don't worry why not
2: they don't get better
0: it works so well for the church you know but uh how do they know where i live huh told you there was a microchip in it
2: i don't think the vaccine has a chip i think there is a chip in the my pillow it's uh It's connected to a tiny speaker that leaves subliminal messages in your ear while you sleep every night, you know? The election was rigged. The election was rigged. You're very manly.
0: Uh, They call that a white noise machine. But uh, either way, look, I'm not a lab rat. I refuse to be part of a science experiment. I'll be fine if I get COVID. They'll just load me up with remdesivir, monoclonal (laughs) antibodies, and all that hydroxychloroquine.
2: Yeah. Not a science experiment, but fill me up with that stuff that they put in Red Bull, apparently.
0: <laughs> I'll take wings over a microchip, but uh, this is the stuff they should teach in school, by the way.
2: Yeah, well, you can teach whatever you want now. That's why homeschooling is up 11% this year, which is not a surprise. After the last year, parents want to have more control over their kids' learning. They, they don't want Corey to be their kid's teacher. Ah. <laughs> And I get it.
0: Right. Uh, schools can have restrictive learning subjects, stress and bullying, crumbling infrastructure and racist teachers. I mean, why send kids to school every morning
2: when they can get all that stuff at home? Uh. <laughs> yeah. You sound like my mom when I asked to go to McDonald's. You know, We got plenty of racism at home. If you behave, I'll throw in QAnon for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave,
0: you may not know this. I used to be a full-time teacher. That was that what that joke was about. I I allowed my teaching certificate to lapse, though. I'm um, all in on comedy now. Um, <laughs> terrible idea. I'm still allowed to substitute teach as long as I can get updated fingerprints on file. Um, so, in unrelated ne- news, I need Andrew to shave your head again and grow a beard. Could you? <laughs>
2: I think this is as good as it's gonna get. Ah,
0: well. They still
2: you teach without a certificate or anything
0: yeah it was a whole thing i didn't think i was going to be able to and then get a lot li- i can get a lifetime certificate just one time have to get my <laughs> fingerprints updated so
2: should be like a driver's license You gotta Here come like, the
0: felonies come <laughs> take a test
2: every couple of years but nope not necessarily well, more sad news uh this is our our final bachelorette update uh, uh just terrible news uh katie didn't Thurston, work out for her yeah yeah it uh it, she's engaged so, oh, oh yeah. okay. terrible news I guess that's <laughs> guess that's life you know i just have to move on and settle for my third choice also so Ooh. <laughs> oh,
0: come on all right all right hey buddy that's life sometimes you gotta like president biden just so you don't end up with something a lot worse yeah
2: isn't that the truth? Hey, speaking of something worse, I think we missed another Trump reinstatement day. I'm starting wow. to think QAnon is using the Mayan calendar.
0: <laughs> Eventually it'll happen. Uh, <laughs> Trump's reinstatement is starting to sound like you and Katie getting back together. I don't think
2: it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, you don't understand. There are deeper forces at work here. You know, Joe Biden isn't even in control. It's the deep state. Just like Katie isn't in control, it's the producers mm. manipulating her, okay? you're She's merely a pawn. In their game, Katie and I are real. You'll see. The My Pillow guy knows. They oh. won't even let her respond to my text messages anymore because they know that I know. Ah, yeah, Andrew. free Katie. <laughs> Katie. Wear yellow if you need help.
0: <laughs> well, now that you're officially eligible, it's time for you to lower your standards, right? Um, would you uh, Would you date someone who's vaccinated? There, Andrew.
2: Uh, you can't ask me that. It's a HIPAA violation that's
0: how it works uh just uh just tell me
2: i mean you know don't get me wrong beggars can't be choosers uh, i'll take any lady with a pulse but she might not have one much longer if she doesn't get that shot that's
0: mm. uh, okay i know cpr i'll do the mouth-to-mouth
2: you always try to do mouth-to-mouth on my girlfriends but uh you know i'm kidding obviously a non-vax lady works for me uh, i'm not into long-term relationships anyway
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Well, and it won't be a long-distance relationship. Good thing she'll only be six feet
2: underground. (laughs) (laughs) But if she's going to date me, she's going to need to be able to handle a little prick.
0: Hey. All right, (laughs) there's the big jokes. (laughs) Well, she can get that fake vaccination card.
2: Sure. I mean, I don't care about that stuff. I can't afford to take her places anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, perfect. That's why I got the vaccine. I can't even pass up freebies but uh, right. you're gonna be like yeah. oh hey <laughs>
2: sorry babe i would take you to the mall or on vacation but they need proof of acts. these goddamn contracts holding me back
0: got me hamstrung yeah. um, well that's all these damn liberals giving private businesses the right to do what they want and not have to listen to the federal government right spot on yeah <laughs> I guess, for me, it would depend on, like, how unvaccinated she is, right? Like, is she just waiting a few weeks? Or on our first date, is she wearing a dress made of tinfoil? Like, where
2: yeah. is she? I think uh, I'm fine with an unvaccinated chick. I'm used to being ghosted, so... <laughs> All right.
0: I'm used to dating women who should wear a mask, but... Uh...
2: <laughs> Over their whole face. All right.
0: Hey, I got a, I got a new lover in my life. Oh. Uh, we, got an, we got an OnlyFans update, um... Fella asked me for a picture of my penis and he offered uh he's got it he got it up to four fifty last week. Uh seven fifty is what we negotiated. Ooh. Yes. But it has to include my face, so I've enrolled in a Photoshop class. <laughs> ah.
2: You should just wear a mask.
0: Yeah, it's not my face I'm worried about. Ooh. But uh Dude, if I had seven hundred fifty dollars for every dick pic I've sent, I could quit comedy.
2: Well, we're all hoping that happens, but uh, I know how many you've sent, and you're going to be forced to quit if any of those ever leak. Uh, Canceled.
0: (laughs) Canceled. Uh, You can't cancel the willing. Uh, (laughs) Wait, what? Speaking of ghosts earlier, I watched the Field of Dreams game. It was amazing. Huge success for Major League Baseball. Your move, NBA. Time for game in space.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or just one where white men can jump. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I watched a Metallica documentary on Netflix the other day, mostly for the hair tips. But, uh, you know, I just recorded my album last month, so now I'm trying to start over, and uh, I'm real curious about other people's creative process, you know?
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's what metal music and comedy have in common. It's just a lot of banging your head against the wall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The act-outs really got that one for the podcast. (laughs) Really needed that
2: audio (laughs) joke. Well, you know, I always think back to the advice uh, Chris Titus gave me, which is like, give yourself permission to not be funny. So,
0: Oh, not become like Corey Michaelis or Polly Shore. but uh, No, no, he
2: just meant you got to try jokes and don't be afraid to bomb. And, and, you know, sometimes a joke kills the first time and never again. So you, you end up chasing the dragon, so to speak. Ah.
0: Sounds like those rock and roll documentaries are helpful, but uh, speaking of a band member who refuses to get any help, the drummer for The Offspring, uh, they're still together apparently, says he's been booted from the band for not getting vaccinated. Uh, guess if you want, don't want to get sick from your bandmates, you gotta keep them separated.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, he clearly doesn't care about his offspring
0: oh boy
2: come on all right those are the jokes uh today's guest where it's an honor to have him on the show uh comedian reality tv power recapper the belizean bad boy himself linen shirt dave dave neal everybody wow
1: thank you that was so fun to be in between you guys i didn't want to like get in the way i was just like
2: like he was just it was just enamored like, with-, with the material yeah yeah, yeah i was like <laughs> you guys were playing keep away and i
1: was like the short guy and i was just like oh that was fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice hey, we got the same uh we got the same drink oh here, wow look at yeah? you. how oh, cute is that good style very oh, nice All
1: right. yeah it's good to be here man i'm you know like you know me i'm like kind of like a lone wolf on my channel i just talk to myself all day so <laughs> yeah. i forget like the rules of modern discourse once in a while <laughs> how is that me, you... does that make you crazy well, like i just Yeah, I just kind of, you know, when when the pandemic hit, I just started doing my own thing. Like I used to, my podcast used to be interview style. And I was just like, I was sick of like trying to get LA people. We were doing it on my roof for a while, like socially distanced. And I was like, what am I doing? I can do this by myself. So I just kind of, I kind of uh, canceled people.
2: Uh, Ah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the thing you started like. Have you watched Bachelor and all this stuff beforehand? And then you just kind of started like, why don't I put two and two together and uh, if I'm spending all my time watching. I've been doing the recaps for like seven years. Oh, really?
1: I would do do it like, I always said like like my style was like no editing because you see all these people and you guys will appreciate this as comics. You see all that jump editing where like just a bunch of random funny things put together. I'm like, no, I'll like take notes and then just kind of like run it like a set. And you know, it's not like there's punchlines. It's just ranty and whatever. But um, I just saw how poor people were doing it. And I was like, all right, well, Bachelor is like a water cooler thing for the people that do watch it. That's like the setup for everything. You know, you assume everyone, you know, all the jokes you're gonna make are based on people that watch the show. And then I, I you know, random people started watching it. And that was my first time, like, getting on the algorithm side of YouTube, as far as like search goes. So like, oh, you know, you post a stand-up clip. It's like Dave Neal's stand-up, December 7th you're going to get seven views. You know what yeah. I mean? Your watch rates can be 1%, uh, whatever <laughs> it's, it's, it's garbage. like Steve Hofstetter showed get very specific. You get very specific with what you talk about. And then in the video, you can do whatever the hell you want. You just kind of start with that niche and then break it up. So I was doing that with my bachelor recaps. And then it wasn't until this past year that I was like, let's do the news that goes along with it. You know, one guy put a tracking device on his ex's car Months later, he came out of the closet. It became one crazy story after another restraining orders. I started reading like court documents. And the more I started doing that, the more people like would watch. And I was like, oh, it's not the recaps that are interesting. It's their real life. That's interesting. And then I and then in January just of this year, I was like, I'm going to treat this like a full time news show where I'm just going to get, you know, get to my office in the morning and just crank out whatever the story is what stupid thing someone said, if it's funny or serious, like whatever it is. And then YouTube's algorithm just started promoting me. I was getting like 10 million impressions a month and everything else I've ever created has been a colossal failure. So, <laughs> you know, as comics with all the failures, when you have a it, yeah, when, like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when something hits, you're like, all right, let's go into what it's like, you're having sex. And like, you start to make the person moan and you're like, yeah. I'm going to do more of this. And that's kind of what it- I was like, I got to make yeah. that. Sometimes
2: she's faking it just to get you to finish sooner. And then you're like, I thought that was a good move. And everyone else hates it, you know? So yeah, that's my (laughs) engagement right there for sure. (laughs) But yeah. So that's the end. And
1: that's when we kind of met through that process is once, once YouTube started recommending my content, then it wasn't just the fans of bachelor that were seeing it. It was like all the contestants, their moms, producers. And then, you know, and then people would start to send me stories. So then. I don't even have to like source the material so much as like if some, if I'm, if my phone starts blowing up, I got to push my lady out of the way and start (laughs) making videos. And she gets it. She's seen,
2: she's seen like the money. She's like, I'm out. I'll I'll be here in an hour when you're done, you know? Well, and she started her own like fashion YouTube channel also that just got monetized. Right. So you guys are like working together now. Yeah. She works in fashion. So she already comments
1: on all their clothing. I'm like, why don't you do just do exactly what i'm doing with like the live live to tape kind of thing like no editing yeah there's an insatiable amount of content that people want within that bachelor community so then the goal is you know like as comics the the, the end goal is like can i sell a ticket to a show that's the right. end goal Right. When you live in la right. you're i mean you can you can kiss ass and get on some shows but like the sustainable way to do that is to just have a draw obviously right. uh there's no more working your way through the comedy clubs not in this town and if you
2: are doing that you're one in a thousand what like there's you know there's so yeah. many la comics you're that sort of handpicked all- to 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 climb the ladder that's when i started too at clubs because i thought like oh you can go from host to feature to headliner and then i think once i'm a headliner they'll just pay me what i think i deserve or what they you know and then they're like no you don't they're no like we yeah. we're trying to sell tickets and you're, you're not doing that, you know? So, and in
1: but- the end, I think, you know, like there's, oh, I gotta be careful with this story. There's a comic that I know who got really, really effed over by a comedy club. Like really. And I was like, are you ready to start making YouTube videos or what? Like yeah, at what you really point-
2: narrow it down when you say a comic got fucked over by a club. Put <laughs> it yeah, this yeah. way. He
1: had a big mm. birthday show and they cut the show before he got on stage and he had the whole audience. Wow let's put it that way. So I was like, all right, man, are you ready? Is that enough fire that you need yeah. to start selling your own tickets? And, and he already is doing it. So I'm, it's, I already love the guy. But it's yeah. like you see these scenarios and you go, yeah. nobody is our friend except for other right. comics in our audience.
2: Nobody else matters. The same thing happened to me. I got cast on an NBC stand-up show. And then I started driving down to LA. And then literally the day before, they told me about – like this is the filming day be here for this day like the day before my manager just called me and said hey you're cut from the show we don't know why
0: turn around and i
2: was like okay i'll just head back to seattle and wait and like you <laughs> turn they were like i think it's on pause or we don't know what's going on and like you know i held a grudge forever and and um but and then i realized like oh it doesn't you know waiting for the industry to give me a blue check mark or a pass is not the way and that's when i kind of discovered like the facebook ad thing which i sent you and so but then the pandemic hit and so then i've been cock blocked for a year on all that so um
1: it's a great i mean just surrounding yourself with like guys that are self-starters it is such you know like comics we get put into like we're all this way we're all that way but there is like there's and again there's comics that wake up at sunrise every day and there's comics that are like every Instagram photo is them partying after a show. Yeah. And I get jealous of the comics partying after a show, but like, I'm 36. I've been yeah. in it long enough. <laughs> Pick and choose when you're going to party. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. My partying is having a, you know, a, a Michelob seltzer and calling it a day. But, you know, it, it, it's like you, some people, ha- and some people will like be the parking lot guy at the comedy store for five years. And now they're getting spots in the main room. And I'm like, right, that's right. good that you chose that, but that's not the route I chose. I'm like, yeah. I'm very stubborn with, not doing like, uh, you know, every gig that we ever do as comics, it's like serves getting us to that next level. And I had all these side gigs that like, you know, some gave me enough free time to get some writing done, but then they'd go till 10 o'clock at night. And then I'm like, I can't do a spot after this. And it's about just like, how can you break even doing something that still gives you the mental Energy to write a joke and tell it on stage, and it's like comics aren't asking for much. We're, yeah, you know, I was like thinking about this before. It's like, it like, and it's it's like in LA, if we're all pianists and there's only five pianos, and we're just like talking shit to each other just so we can get piano time, and it's like we don't need that. And I yeah. think we're starting to realize that we're starting to do things that I mean, it's like the power when comics can get together and sell their own show and do their own thing. That's when the industry's like, oh, we want some of that, and it's like, you know, well, too bad. <laughs>
2: I bet you could, um, right. <laughs> you know, sell a sort of, a like, uh, you know, Steve started that nowhere comedy club. I'm sure you could do some kind of digital show too. If you, if you, uh, cause you got a big fan base there and I know you're like trying to work, like get on my email list and, uh, try, you know, you were talking about like a sort of a bachelor tour. even. Yeah. Well, I would love that. it's like, it's just like getting
1: to the size. Like how do you know when you're at the size where you can sell enough tickets, which for an audience who doesn't get it, we're talking, it might be 20 tickets is like your break even. It's not right. a lot to get you to a city. And right. then it's just like once you once you are booking the flights and you're like all right, I know I'm going to make most of my money back. Now I can actually sell some tickets or whatever. And I guess I'm it's so new. I'm so new to that. Like a year ago, 2000 subscribers, now 39,000. Mm-hmm. And but those 39,000 are so loyal because they're equating to millions of views. So they're they're like not just a random subscriber Uh, it's like my channel is outperforming these channels with like quarter million subscribers and I don't know how to translate that into like stage time yet whereas a lot of comics will have less of a following but be verified and they might look sexier on a show flyer I'm just like hey I can my audiences are showing up to shows so like can we but then in LA you have to like you have to be like hey I'm not a bringer comic but I can bring it's right. like, you have to be like I can draw an audience, but I'm not like, but I need to be paid to be for it. You yeah. Know, I want yeah. to be valued like a human, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, uh, so it's kind of just like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's almost like if, a if a lady, uh, you know, went for like, went through her ugly stage. And now she's like the hot one. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, all right. But she doesn't think like she's the hot one. Yeah, i yeah. not, I'm not saying I'm the hot one. I'm saying I finally have a couple audience members that will come to a show.
2: Someone can I use do? me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and then, you know, like, and then you, and then you kind of get defensive where you're like, well, I'm not going to promote that show. Like that shows at a pizza place with lasers no in right. those. And, and you know, just did it, did promote it. People showed up, but like, you're like, all right, how do I pick and choose? What's going to be worth my time. And that's kind of where like right now as the pandemic's ending or whatever's happening is when I'm starting to be like, all right, let's start. Like, I guess this, will, I guess this is going to quickly be 2022, but like, will will this be enough to start getting, you know, shows and then, if you do draw a bachelor audience, they're not necessarily stand-up people. And you yeah. know this. I was wondering that. They're not. But it's not. it doesn't mean they're not going to go. Well, it's actually the sure. opposite. It means they're going to bring their boyfriends and their group of friends that don't go to clubs. Because yeah. I'm not competing against Andrew Schultz now. You know? right. You're competing against people that have never been to a comedy club or whatever. Right. Hmm. So, so do you do
2: like bachelor material? Do you have like jokes about it, or do you do uh, me and my my wife over here? Burp, 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 you know, yeah, that's actually I, that's my act out. <laughs> I'm just starting to. I just found an old comedy time video from uh, Ice House 2006 <laughs> or something, and that, oh, that was the only...
1: <laughs> I had to pay to get one of those removed. Uh... I'm not kidding. I, I was like, I literally am in the re- my comedy career is in the red this year. The guy pretty much. Was like it's going to cost you fifty bucks to get that off, and I was like, I was, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pay this because fighting it draws more attention to the video you're trying to get removed. The it price wasn't is going to go up, <laughs> even PG thirteen. But you know, with the Bachelor audience, I'm not giving anyone any ammunition if they want to transcribe a joke. Yeah. And I did the joke when I had my hair down to here when I yeah. was a year and a half into stand up, and I was like, "I'm not going to be judged for that version of me." Even though I told my buddy that my buddy Doug Key, who's a East Coast comic, yeah, uh, is- he was like, "Dude, that was your be- that was one of your good jokes." I was like, "I know, I was, it was actually the best joke I had." Like, you know, <laughs> my material is not great, but that joke was actually pretty good. But I was like, "It's got to go," and yeah. um, that's kind of where I am is like uh, doing like my comedy. The audience is. Well, you know, you you probably got this from your joke. You you had a joke that you told that Bachelor Nation saw, and there's like a quick domestic violence joke. You know, it's a joke. Yeah. I
2: hit him. You know, whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, he's gonna get in trouble by the Bachelor crowd. <laughs> there was like only like one or two comments. Like even when they wrote it up in like Us Weekly or whatever, I was like i'm surprised they didn't spend more time on that i would have blamed corey because he can't, he wrote it kind of <laughs> <laughs> like he came i forever i was trying to figure out how to start talking about that and and uh you know that this podcast has been so helpful because we'll just bring up bid ideas and he just kind of riffed it when i was telling the story and i was like i it just makes me laugh so i gotta write that down you know yeah i and also then- look <laughs> like
0: i would commit hate crimes too so it's like <laughs> It would be believable. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that
1: guy, the bald guy. Yeah, he yeah. looks. Like Corey, he... I couldn't help but notice how nice your skin is. Do you have a filter on, or is your skin that nice? Well, I'll go with that nice. How about? Let's oh do my that. gosh! No Moisturize? Is this the north? Are you in the northwest? Is this what Seattle offers? Pacific
0: Northwest. There's no, not a lot no of no sun, sun, but I'm I no got cancer can yeah. right now. But yeah, I'm, I got that I'm desert. Forty-one. Skin. It's
1: forty-one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like Good for you.
0: Thanks, man.
2: I didn't look uh,
0: this Andrew, though, I, I'm curious about the comments. Let's talk about that.
2: Oh the, yeah, the, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of like. Because I thought it would too.
0: I got yeah, it for yeah. my dry bar. I did a dry. I'd, uh, yeah, you know, I had a punch a. I punched a heckler recently. Oh yeah, well, she deserved it. I feel like you know, that was the that was the Just dumb the easy throwaway.
2: misdirection. Yeah.
0: And. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I saw a couple of the comments, but uh, did you well, get Well, yeah, it was or? just
2: one. I think there was even one email that was, or, like, a DM that was, like, you know, every time she shouts me out, it's just one person finds it. A lot of people find it funny because they're just, like, oh, it's he's a stand-up. I think it's branded pretty clearly as, like, I'm joking around. Yeah. I'm being a dork. I don't think anyone's upset. But there's every, you know, there's usually, like, one or two emails that goes, you wife beater you piece of shit and i'm like well you're like i'll put you down for three tickets yeah yeah but it's also like she still (laughs) follows me she shouted me out like clearly um but i i i mean i commend her in the same way because she makes plenty of jokes that aren't necessarily i mean even the vibrator joke i couldn't imagine the backlash she probably got from even the producers being like i don't know if we should do this but the Purity culture is wild, yeah. especially in Bachelor Nation
1: because you've got woke Bachelor, Bachelor of Color. You got all these subsets that is basically what exists in the in the U.S. Right? I woke up one day. I'm listen. I'm I'm a I'm I'm a sensitive guy. If there's gonna be an article written about me, I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm, yeah. I'm used to anonymity and all that. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm learning to get thicker skin. But I woke up and there was like a thread about me. Is like Dave Neal, the conservative voice of Bachelor, and <laughs> like there. Were- and they, they uh, were like, and, and uh, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, was, I didn't read it. There was a whole thread, and I was like, I can't do this. And it's like, oh. g- give my content a chance here, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm getting called. But for the most part, the longer you can, t- as a comic, the longer you do your thing the more the the morale morality like it bends in your direction people understand yeah. like when you're making jokes about one thing even though like i added something about all oh, my adds flaring up and so it's like they like we're trying to start an apology brigade because i mentioned add and i was like listen you don't have the attention span to start a petition in the first place
2: mm-hmm. yeah like you also did like you you said <laughs> instead of having sex you said bumping harrisons and people got oh my god i can't believe you would and it's, well, you like, know, what I yes. learned is that
1: swearing is, you know, there's certain people that can like swear on YouTube and it's fine, but the algorithm can hear your swears. I have no problem swearing, but not in the first minute or two of a video, because then they'll demonetize it. And, and I like, I learned when I was talking about this one guy's uh, restraining order that you just can't type that. In. I don't know why, you know, there's just certain words. If you say it, you're not going to, I'm not just going to talk about Hitler. Like, you yeah. Can, yeah. Like, he's the worst guy ever. They're like, demonetized. I think if you say
2: Andrew Rivers comedy, it automatically suppresses the views (laughs) on it.
1: (laughs) So you just learn that and you go, all right, I'm trying to make some money. And not only that, like, I'm trying to get eyeballs on it. So Bump and Harrison's became the innuendo and um, it's whatever. But yeah, you know, there's so many people that stick up. So whenever like there's a hater, it just becomes fun to share it because it's usually super unreasonable and they look ridiculous. And what I've learned, the longer the hate, and then when you respond, the shorter the response makes it the better burn. You know, you keep that under five words and you are going to bury that person. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's what, and you know what? That's what Katie did when she got in a fight on when she was on The Bachelor on Matt James season. She got reamed out and she goes, Thank you for your feedback. And I was like,
2: All right. She's,
1: she's one of us.
2: That's amazing. It became a meme. I mean, yeah. to meme someone is, you just end their life or whatever. Like, I remember what she's wearing. She's in like, you know, booty short,
1: cheerleading yeah, shorts. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that time when the girls are like not trying to dress up for the guys. I love the show. They're either on a pageant or they haven't, you know, bathed in five days, depending on if it's a date. They got the braces on and she's like, thank you for your feedback and just walks away. And I'm like, this, that's what you want on the show.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um,
0: so are you worried going forward? I mean, you had you paid to get an old bit removed. Are you concerned going forward with your material? Are you like, ah, I, I need to keep it uh, squeaky or I just need to keep it in the club if it's going to be not squeaky?
1: That was honestly the only one I didn't have control over. I did remove all of my old recaps because, like, it, it, same thing, I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't, like, own up to. You know, like, you make fun of someone's face or their boobs or we, yeah, it, I, I, that's what I used to do. I used to do that. I don't hide from it. You know, like I used to, I used to like watch the show and talk about which contestants I'd want to bang. And my fiance yeah. what, but that's what we do as an audience, right? If, if my fiance's like, I love Peter Weber. No, she doesn't. She loves the guy who's a pilot. She wants to bang the pilot. So like we, we watch the show, like with like our fantasy world and you know, that's it. Um, so I just got rid of the old stuff because they, don't, they, they weren't making me any money and they're, they can only hurt me. So people right. are like, oh, I'm I'm watching JoJo season. JoJo has, you know, she's got um, augmented chest. And I used to be like, oh, I used to call them the, <laughs> <J-bit>, the JoJo's <laughs> Ho-Ho's. That was the nickname. And I'm like, I guess I'm not afraid to say what I said because I feel like I'm kind of like trying to play by a tighter set of rules now to like, all right, let's find the jokes that aren't like making fun of uh, the cross-eyed person, you know? And like maybe on stage, if you're getting heckled, you can throw those jabs. Right. But I'm kind of learning how to balance I don't want to call it PC culture because, yeah. like, as a comic, you want to just funny, unprovoked funny. insults necessarily Yeah, yeah. And, and then realizing like they're they're humans, they've got dead dads and brothers that they whatever. They, everyone's got their own story. Just because they went on the show doesn't mean you know it, you know. And it's like you learn that you get a bigger following and people start like I was making fun of Emmanuel Acho's name. He's a dad was from Nigeria and uh, Acho. I would say God bless you because it sounded like it's hack and super hack. And then a bunch of Africans were like, Hey, we live in Nigeria. That's not funny. We get that all the time. That's annoying. And I go, Okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's great. It's not unreasonable to be like, okay. Yeah. And then you move on. Like, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a hill I need to die on. But when it's when it's like, okay, come on. Like it, it can become unreasonable in, in a control thing when an audience
2: wants to be like, you will apologize for this. And it's like, I'll hear your side first. Right i do like that about your content as well because you don't necessarily take a side you kind of discuss things you're big into the four agreements and not making assumptions and and not necessarily like you know even with the greg fight you kind of go let's just hear out both angles and you gave him his chance to apologize and uh it's i think if anyone actually uh watches your content they'll get a vibe that you're not Trying to be disrespectful or rude, or you know, you're just going for a laugh, and sometimes that's a cheap laugh, and you got to take it back. But when you yeah. when you when you listen to both sides, it makes the video
1: longer, and I make more money, and I think that's what it comes down to. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just or no, I'm not pragmatic at all. I just need to scam the YouTube. It's people. way easier to like to like say your opinion when you have exhausted all the other options, right? And a lot of times, I feel like it's easier. Especially when I'm talking about political stuff, it's a lot easier to let an audience figure out their opinion. Even if I'm like, I might state my opinion, but I'm going to share a bunch of others, and then the audience, whoever it is, can decide what sounds ridiculous. And it's usually, I mean, you you you. Th- Bachelor Nation is so interesting because every episode, people watch the same thing and they have wildly different opinions, and it makes you wonder, like. Are you only showing empathy to one side? Because like with Greg Grippo and Katie Thurston, everyone was like, oh my gosh, I'm super triggered. And I respect that. If you're a woman and you've been cornered by a guy who's like emotionally manipulating you, that must be torture. Also, I recognize that a lot of men that are like grown up men feel like a three-year-old and they're like, but like they're strong doing that. And that's scary. But for most guys, Greg Grippo is his own, vi- he's the victim in his own story. Right. It doesn't make him right. It means like you got to get therapy and figure out what love is or whatever. <laughs> so I watched that going, I've been the guy who like got drunk and like cried and called an ex. I've been the guy who's like been super codependent or like sped up on a freeway because I was angry. I've been those guys. I mean, I'm so far from that. And I'm like, so tamed from my own, like I burnt off so much of my own angst and just like, you know, feeling like I'm not enough and all that, but I still see it. Like these guys are late twenties, they're drunk, they haven't slept and they're just like fighting over a lady. And in most cases, if you're at a bar and your buddy gets the girl, you just like, all right, I'll wait for the next, you know, opportunity, but they don't have the opportunity here. So they're just at home in their hotel with no cell phone stewing. And it just brings up, it brings up people's like worst in them. And that's why the show just prints money.
0: <laughs> Man, do you, have you done it all the way back to so seven years ago um julia kenny and uh mckenzie they're from the northwest Do these names ring a bell oh, i don't i don't know uh, okay. i
1: like i like lose the name after a- i would after imagine the, yeah to wipe the hard drive yeah
0: yeah yeah Mackenzie had like uh she was like a widow maybe i think and oh. uh i don't know anyway I don't know. This is all just to say I kissed Julia Kinney. <laughs> well, hey, not, there you go. Nice. Not just Andrew. Write a bit about it
2: and uh, <laughs> and then get all the trolls. Would you guys go on the show?
0: Uh, What was that? Would you go on the show? No, 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 no. Uh, just uh, she came to a comedy show and uh, we hung out. And, oh, nice. And she afterwards was like, oh, wow, you got moves. And I was like, I don't... Hmm. <laughs> Not you were funny, not you're cute, not <laughs> I enjoyed your you company know, and you're you charming.
1: Comedians have <laughs> an unfair advantage in most social situations. It's like, don't try, like, we're going to talk our way out of things. We're going to charm our way into things. It's just like, it's survived. Like, we've just been surviving in these rinky dink venues where, like, that's all you can do. Like, when I was single in New York, I was a note and like super no name comic just starting out. And even then, you're like, Perform at the Grizzly Pear in front of five people, and next thing you know, you're walking down the street like big dick energy, like you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's right. uh, There's the the investment bankers. They they dress the part. They're super wealthy. And then you got the comics who can just like you're like the we're like the poor guys on the Titanic who are just gonna talk our way, you know, into the nice (laughs) formal dinner or something.
0: (laughs) Yep, I love it. Uh, So so yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mander.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, I guess um, a couple things I was curious on your opinion of uh, this is my first time watching the shows, really, uh, aside from like the very first season when it came on and, you know, whatever 20 years ago that was. But, uh, you know, when when Katie got on, that was the first time I actually watched it. I I was curious about your opinion, having seen like seven seasons or whatever, um, you know, was it? above average did you enjoy it did you know what what was the overall uh, review i mean they they do a really good job it, you know? they do a really good job of
1: regurgitating things every episode but they hook you so they'll be like coming up this season and you're like oh boy i'm about to be settled into this one and they get you because they show some crazy stuff and like that you know like this year greg you know took an acting class where everyone goes oh he's acting i'm like are you kidding me nobody could make themselves get to the emotional place this show puts them so it's one of the only shows that a releases itself once a week. So like FYI Island's cool and everything, but when you dump episodes on, you don't talk about them the way that Bachelor does. So for the whole week people are just filling in the blanks, discussing it. And I don't think that's changed at all. The one thing that has changed that is kind of like mirrored where we are like um, with social issues is that now like Greg Grippo dumps Katie Thurston not only do people want Greg Grippo's head on a spike, they want to know who all the who all the other contestants support. So it's almost like you're watching Twilight and now everyone needs to know what team you're on. And it's like, oh, you're Team Jacob? Fuck you. It's like, what? And I think that's where we are in society where it's like, who, wh- who do you support? And we draw lines in the sand and I'm kind of like, well, pump your brakes. Everyone, they're both on a dating show. I'm sure they're trying their best. And it doesn't negate one's feelings or another, but it's almost like, the people have gotten so charged, maybe it's a pandemic thing, maybe whatever it is, everyone's so charged up that just by diffusing everyone's like pitchforks is like the popular thing now because everyone's just got a hot take in one direction. And it's like very rarely is there like, I can think of like one or two occasions where I watch someone and I go, that's a psychopath. That's like pure evil. In most cases, it's like, yeah, you could have a beer with this guy. I'm sure he's fine or whatever. You know, maybe you wouldn't give, you know, his your your you know your sister's number to him or something. But like, most people are reasonable.
0: <laughs> you have a sister with a number? I mean, what, that's, uh,
1: I, yeah, well, my sister's got four kids. You can have her number. Uh, <laughs> but, but most like, yeah, I feel like comics, we've seen, we see like other comics work out the most vile jokes, right? We've seen, we've seen it all. And so then when you go on a, when you watch the show and it's like a PG rated show, it doesn't, I don't know, like you see people's old, old tweets and everyone wants to hold them, you know, to the flames and you go, okay, I get it. Yeah. Oh, it was only two years ago. A lot happens in two years. You know, you see a comic working on a bit, like six weeks later, he's got his Holocaust bit working. But if you saw that at the six weeks ago, it'd be like, what are you doing? You know? And we're, we're kind of just like, I think comics are just really forgiving with, what we accept because we understand the intention, like the old Patrice O'Neill, like, you know, if you're trying to make a joke, that's all that counts kind of vibe, you yeah. know, but then again, like there's this one person on the show, her name's Taylor Nolan. She was on the show a few years ago. All of her old tweets came out from like her teen years. And now she's like a therapist or at least a therapist, like a training or whatever she's um, and It's like vile. I mean, the funniest part is that the only Person she didn't make fun of was straight white men, homophobic, fatphobic, racist. She went in every direction, and then when it came to apologizing, she like doubled down, and she still doubles down. And it's like, oh, was she trying to be funny? Like back then, Twitter, even when even as horrible as it was, there used to be this like snarky, like Chrissy Teigen's been in trouble for, it, but it used to be like this snarky like thing where the humor was just cutting. There was no punchline to it, but there was something to what that was. And we're going to have to deal with this for decades with politicians. I mean, what, what people said this and that it's like, at what point are we going to like, like everyone's guilty in one way or another. So at what point are we just going to wipe the slate clean on, on folks? I don't know. You know, we're just, it like what the, the youngest age to be a presidential candidate is 35, right? I'm 36. So I escaped most of college before like Twitter and all that. I don't, you know, I didn't have, I wasn't like 13, tweeting crazy things but was i 13 probably in the uh the huddle at the football practice part of the crazy things oh yeah we were trying to kill each other we were saying whatever we could yeah so you just kind of go comics get blue in the face talking about it but you just go until this boils over like all all sides will try to weaponize people's former thoughts and actions and i don't know
0: do you did you um uh comment on Chris Harrison and his comments on the I don't, I'm not well versed in names but the woman who had the Instagram photos that were yeah. controversial.
1: So the big the big problem right the, the spark notes is that Rachel Kirk Connells a contestant she's yeah, yeah. about to win the show and then all these things come out where she dressed up, up at a plantation for some fraternity event and then yeah. um you know a couple other things and then Chris Chris was operating on behalf of the producers. And it used to be, they'd say, wait for the finale to see how it all plays out. And he didn't do a good job of selling that. And he got fired and the producers just kept cashing checks. So this whole time I've been like, everyone's focused on what Chris said. He kind of railroaded the convo, all that. And I go, you realize like, he's like the the company man. yeah, he's he's the uh, what's the WWE guy, the um, the you know the owner guy. He's you that guy. Know, oh, Vince
0: McMahon. Yeah, Vince McMahon. Yeah,
1: he's Vince McMahon. He's trying to be like, well, just wait. And then because we live in the in a world now, where Bachelor needs to realize you don't get to wait till the finale. To like, you need to have a separate channel, even if you spoil things. To like, like this wildfire could have been put out day one, day one, and then eventually Rachel Kirkconnell she's 23 year old from um, Forsyth County Georgia one of the most racist parts in the country uh, you do by even like mentioning these things people start looking at me like i'm
2: the racist because i'm like she's from a town where they like were hanging people
1: yeah, yeah it's yeah. very yeah. like
2: d- what, you know don't blame her for going to the who put the party on like why do the parties still exist in this time the if they're so that offensive now yeah they, they- They've gotten in trouble in their own
1: way. It was a, like a photo op on the way to a beach party or something. There were some other things that happened. But anyway, she yeah. finally releases an Instagram video broken down, blotchy skin. She's lost a bunch of weight. She's just whittled away. Now, not to say you can't be a person of color and still feel horrible from all this. It's almost like walking and chewing gum at the same time. You Okay, hold off on that. Rachel Kirk 23 she goes on an Instagram that makes an 8 minute apology video and it's the best apology that anyone in Bachelor Nation has done and a lot of people have had to apologize in the last few years she's like I'm not making where I'm from an excuse I, I what this was racist and she and it was but they didn't want her to do that. They wanted her to wait till the final episode so they can just sell, you know, dub soap or whatever. And it's important to look at like the structure of that to realize she finally was like, you know what? I'm just gonna turn on the thing and talk to the audience. And it just simmered everything down. And I think comics are really good at that because we get on stage and we either explain ourselves through podcasting. Sure, you're gonna get fired from SNL. That's just the world. They're, you're gonna get fired. If there's, a, if there's a job where people can get you fired, they will. I might've gotten fired for even talking about these. things. You know what I mean? Like someone would have written a thing to my boss. I don't have a boss, okay? Go to Google, they pay my bills. But all I ever try to do is just talk it out and have grace for all sides. Because clearly there was a lot of triggering that went on when the first black bachelor chooses someone who everyone says is a racist. And she's had a chance to prove herself since then and she's been an advocate for a lot of things, a lot of good things. And my whole my whole beef with everything was like, look, you can get rid of Chris Harrison. You can, can't, you can get rid of a lot of people or you can let them change and let their platform CA change. So even if Chris Harrison was deserving of being fired, even if that was like the thing that needs to happen, now you got about a million of his followers that are like canceling the show and woke culture got another one. And it's like, where's the progress? Where's like, you know, you know, whatever. So I just look at that. as just how the whole, the whole world is insane with this stuff and be like, maybe there's a way Chris Harrison also should have gotten out there and talked to people. He did the whole company thing where he did it as apology. Then he went away. It's like, that doesn't work in today's world. Do your apology and then go on about 50 different podcasts and talk it out till you're so redundant. People are sick of listening because that's just kind of like the, I think the world we live in now, like where you can, we have the power to have these conversations, but they're under contract and the producers probably say, don't talk to anyone. We'll take care of it. And then all of a sudden they took care of it by replacing him. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the, and then, it and then people realize he got his money with the, you know, I call Brian Friedman power attorney. He represented Gabrielle union and he represented Cassie Randolph, who was the victim of the, of the bachelor who put a tracking device on her car. He's the one who gets people money. Yeah. So
2: Write that down real yeah. quick. So you know,
1: Chris Harrison knew, like, as soon as the nation sees these two beautiful former bachelorettes be the host, that I'm screwed because it's not a hard job. And he got, you know, nine or ten million dollars, and he's and his job's gone. And like, I don't know. I think I always think there's a scenario in which people can have their job saved by just like trying to, I don't know, evolve. But a lot of times you know, and I say this as a super progressive guy. So when I, when I get labeled as like, you know, certain people see me as a conservative or this or that, it's like, I want everyone to have the chance to redeem themselves. I, I want uh, us all to be taken care. Of. I want all these things. And uh, you know, you, you just, you call it all the, the baloney that exists out there because the show, it the show has so many previous contestants that, you know, everything from like which contestants took PPP loan money when they bought a second vacation home in Hawaii, yeah. a Republican. It was like, so you just start, you just go, all right, you know, like you just start, like you start reading the news and people can make their own judgments on it, being like, oh, that guy sounds like a piece of crap. Yeah, he bought a RAV4 and took $23,000 in PPP loan money. I don't think he needs it in his second vacation home in Hawaii. But, you know, it's, it's, it's by being the fact that I'm not an employee of The Bachelor makes it a lot of fun to talk about right, it because. Yeah. I can, because the people that are still collecting their paychecks doing the bachelor podcast, it is like, it looks like some sort of North Korean, you know, uh, propaganda where they're like, how was the season? You know? And and then if anyone starts to like go away and does like a Truman show moment where they start to (laughs) speak their truth, there's like, they just like cut. Oh, that's the episode. (laughs) It's like, as comics we're like, Oh my gosh, the whole, the whole thing's staged. It's all fake, you know?
0: Oh man, that's wild uh yeah maybe i'll uh i just had a so does this mean you have to watch every episode in full uh i would
1: say a large port a good portion of my audience doesn't even watch the show
0: oh interesting
1: yeah at this point some most people do but a lot of people will just kind of keep the storylines i feel like it's like soap operas once they know the names of people Uh, you can like fill in the blanks catch an update you know whatever it's
2: Mm -hmm. also funny because they do they cast the show so you know They could pick less problematic personalities, but that wouldn't create controversy on the actual show if everyone got, you know, they do pick Victoria the Queen and tell her to play a certain character or whatever. Yeah. So part of this is their own creation of their own monster that they can't really control even though they try to.
1: I also, I compare it to Survivor, which has won a bunch of Emmys. So Survivor had a season where there was a tribal council and one guy outs another guy for being trans. And they had this crazy discussion about it. And everyone's like, you can't out. It was a gay guy who outed a trans guy. And everyone's like, immediately in the tribal council, everyone's like, you can't do this. What are you doing? The guy's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And they have this long conversation. And the guy gets voted out. Spoiler. The guy who outed the trans guy gets voted out. And he had and he got fired and apologized. And it was a whole big thing. So hold on to that thought. So this past season on Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelor, there was a contestant named Brittany Galvin. There was a teaser that there's a contestant in the house who may be a escort in Chicago, right. maybe. Right. Now, of course, yeah. Bachelor, everyone in the audience is doing, who's, who's the source? And they were able to figure out it was Brittany Galvin. This was promoted for several weeks by ABC, which is done <laughs> by Disney. They had it on every teaser, every, they like leaned into it. So they lean into they lean into making a mockery out of people's lives. The people can't say anything. This one guy, so anyway, so to button that up, she was immediately when the thing, aired, when the in the conversation, she's like, I'm not an escort. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to call you that. And then it was like kind of done. But if you Google her name and it's like, well, what if one day she wants to own a nursery home and yeah. or like a child daycare? And someone's like, oh, do I want to put my kid there? Well, said she was an escort, but they all denied it. Well, let's not worry about that one. And it's like, you can't even, that's insane. So yeah. Survivor took a very heavy subject, didn't tease it, trusted their own, ability to handle it and you there was zero you know filling in the blanks whereas bachelor prints their money by filling in the blanks and um you know one contestant his name was luke p super christian purity tyrannical didn't want his his lady to uh, uh hannah brown was the the lead of the show and he was getting ready to for fantasy suites and he was like you're not gonna have sex with these other guys right and she's like how dare you and it turns into this big thing he's he he tries to defend himself saying we had a conversation on air that she wasn't going to have sex with these other guys that I was the guy. So I was, I'm treating her like my girlfriend, like, you know, and then, uh, and then anyway, he goes on a couple of Christian podcasts and he gets sued for every single one of them. He gets sued. Um, I think $20,000 for each podcast he went on because they weren't approved. And it, and, and then after court fees, it was $120,000 he had to pay. And I'm not even on his side. I, I probably don't share one common view of him except Except that you just see these producers that just shit all over these non union like extra bodies. And then by the time we're done, you know, obsessing over one, it's like, new season starts tonight. And then we right. just, and hey, we off. just
2: ruined these lives. And uh, now <laughs> on to some new people. Uh,
1: well, I'm just there being like, hello, what are you
2: guys doing? And people are like, yeah, he's got a point. What are they doing? It's like, the, that's like the theme of the show, though. Yeah. Um, it, that's it, it, what it I can't imagine. I mean, you know, obviously Katie was super aware going in of like, you know, they're going to try and manipulate me and I'm, I'm going to do my best, but there's still got to be so much that goes on that we're not necessarily privy to. And um, the thing I always curious about, too, is like, I was really surprised that, you know, watching a show with like someone I know on it made a big difference because I can kind of feel like I could tell when she was acting and t- and maybe tell when she was actually like being real and and she was pretty authentic through all of it yeah but then you know i always wondered like the dating you know how much time are you actually getting with these people by the end of it you know like an hour a week maybe you know it feels like you know but you must get this like once you can have
1: empathy once you like know somebody you give them a little bit of the doubt i look at it this way i'm a new england patriots guy from rhode island big tom brady fan everyone's like, Oh, Tom Brady's the worst in in this and that. And now I'll go on these like Florida chat rooms. And they're like, we love Tom Brady. How come we never knew how great he was? He does that. He's actually got a sense of humor. He's totally fun. And it's like, Oh, he was just the bad guy. So you get, you start to like, see when, when it's a hometown person, you you know, the charities they're part of, you know, all the little things that fill in all the missing links. When an audience starts to look at their contestants as like, oh, I wonder what kind of dirt we have on this person. It's like, you're going fi- to find whatever you want to look for in life. And right. Katie's, Katie provided people the chance to find, you know, if, if the 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 sect of Bachelor Nation that's super purity culture, they're going to be like, how can someone have a vibrator and f- look for love into any normal person <laughs> you can go? I don't know i mean (laughs) give give the lady the vibrator give it gives us a little bit of uh you know takes a little pressure off old dave over here um so you just like there's there's the the i don't even i'm not even a part of these groups i used to have to go into these facebook groups and promote my content and it was brutal just brutal now youtube promotes it so i don't have to worry about it but like the facebook groups are like the moms in oklahoma And it's just, and I, I take phone calls on my live stream and I'll get, but, but, but sometimes I'll get a phone call and they'll be like, all right, Joyce is coming in from Texas and everyone hears the accent and they're like, oh shoot, here we go. And then it's like, not what you think. And it reminds you to go, oh, there are like, people are open-minded all over. It's not just you know it's not just like where they're from and or an accent they have. There's plenty of like Georgians that are like super kind of open to what, whatever. It's not just a North versus South thing, but it is totally like the way people view the show is so dependent on the way they were raised and in, in their current ideals that they're trying to like, there's like a confirmation bias to be like, who do we like on the show? Well, we like this guy because he's got a cross on him, but it's like, so Katie doesn't have a cross on her and you don't think she's doing more good than, than one of these, you know, guys. So it's it's all just kind of like people are so quick to look at something and see what what's the, what are they you know fangirling over based on
2: if it fits their ideals.
0: Oh wow, <laughs>
2: crazy. <laughs> do, uh, do you have to get into like uh uh? I mean, yeah, you mentioned the 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 wipe the hard drive after every season, but I mean, even so- sometimes I'm like, I watch the show and I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it like that seems like uh draining you know
1: (laughs) i'll say this i've had every bad side job ever uber driving you know i mean the worst the worst right people just yakking in my back seat you know (laughs) honey's like how was work today and i'm just like at a car wash with one of those vacuums (laughs) cleaning up chunks everything and um this gives me the chance to rant about things I think I would normally want to rant about, but sometimes you just, it's like, it's like, it's like you're in a um, escape room and you're looking for that key. You're like, all right, Everyone, you know, if there's some stupid joke on the show and was like, "Are you going to comment on that?" It's like, "No, no, no, get that out of the way. Let's talk about this person's dress or whatever." Yeah. It's like, as a comic, it's it's like your crowd work. It's like when you get on stage and things aren't necessarily going the way you want, and you're like, "All right, there's a fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt. I'm going to need this guy on my side right now." And then you're just your brain's like, just the data that's going through it as a comic. You're just like, wait, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to comment on something or a drink spills. You're just kind of going for it, and I feel like that's kind of how I watch the show and you know, just, but like I said before, you gotta have like, you gotta have something that you, it's almost like you make the title of the video and then the rest after. So it's like, you need a video that's like, it can't just be, it can't just be like funny things that happened on season seven. No, no, no. It's gotta be like, you know, so-and-so see-through dress, you can, whatever. It's yeah. gotta be like very specific. But um, hmm. as far as, is it draining? I, I've got my setup and I recommend this to anybody like who does anything creative is like, get rid of whatever thing you can that you don't like. I don't do any editing. So I've got like, I got like my buttons here that I press like this little thing. That's like my, you know, my, uh, you know, my screen, button, my graphics, it's all live, my roadcaster. So like my levels. And then when it's done, I, the only thing I have to do is I like, put a thumbnail together and it's like, I was getting so bogged down in the, post-production of things yeah. like making your graphic look good and it slides in and makes a noise and it's like comics shouldn't have to worry about like their CGI
2: right, of their right, you know right. what I mean. So so you I just think want to do the that, creative part and leave the rest of it up to you know to stand yeah. on its own.
1: And I, I guess we're you know co- like I the problem that it's the I'm obsessive. And once my channel started taking off this just became the thing. Right. Like morning, noon and night. but I don't even spend that many hours doing it, but it's just always, it's like, if you work in sales and you're always thinking about fridges, you're like, I sell fridges. What's, you know, you like, I hate, I I hate those friends that I have that like, they sell solar. So everything's like, well, the sun hits you. And it's like, ah, all right. Yeah. (laughs) And we do that as comics, but at least like, like my fiance, if she could not like, she hates comedians. Like I've stolen the joy from her from like, you know what I mean? Like she'll go to a barbecue and she'll be like, these guys are horrible. I'm like, I know I get it. They're really (laughs) horrible people. Um, and that's why it's nice to separate my two loves in life yeah. but uh, but yeah you know i just i've become I've, i now i'm at the place where i'm like all right how do i get this bachelor audience on cruise control so i can get back to like writing more jokes and doing that stuff and you know i mean i didn't really do any zoom comedy um i got full respect for all that i just was
2: busy well ramp- you found a thing and and made it work so that's huge you know
1: yeah. And it wasn't like the first year of the pandemic. I was still like, you know, I was like watching the debates, you know, the presidential debates. And I was like, well, I was like, which, uh, which comic would this presidential candidate be? And like Biden's the MC and like, yeah you know, uh, 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 I'm, uh, I'm already forgetting half their names. You know, Bernie's the headliner because he crushes with like the George Carlin. And I was like doing all these things, but like I was getting like zero views. And I was like, I like what I was doing, but like at some point you got to, you know, the juice has to be worth a squeeze. But I right. would love to get back to doing like, like those people who can release any content and it just gets views. If I made a video on my channel has become like entertainment news. If I, yeah. I, I created a separate vlog channel for fun stuff, but like, I can't post like stand up. Yeah. Now, a portion of the audience would like it, but the percentage would dip on who's going to click it. And then YouTube immediately immediately goes, that's not a good video. Yeah. When in fact, it might be a good video. It's just in the wrong market. So, so that's why like you'll, you'll learn of like people on YouTube just creating very specific secondary channels because you're better off having less of an audience watch it and have a higher watch rate. Right, the retention. Then, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Wow. It's like obsessively yeah, yeah. analytical what what they what works and what doesn't work. Steve, so I'm just kind of yeah, like my
2: uh, one of my I put out like a pandemic special on YouTube as like 25 minutes of uh, just basically COVID all the COVID material. And uh, you know, it got hundred thousand views on my YouTube, and then Steve goes, Why don't I put it out on my channel? Because I've got seven hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. It got like ten thousand views on his channel just because no, it wasn't labeled Steve Hofstetter kills a heckler. Yeah. So no one was like, fuck this. We don't want to watch someone else. You know, that's amazing. And you're and you're doing a great job
1: of like having because your like your audience that you're building will be a stronger stand up audience than mine. Like you're doing a good job of like of getting that content out there because you've got like I mean, you've got a pretty good following. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, we do OK. It's just um you know not on
0: this podcast but
1: yeah
2: no not this podcast <laughs> but uh it's fun to have a place that's uh anonymous you know we like we sort of like the uh oh we can talk about whatever we want we can talk about uh my dating life we can make fun of whoever and no one's gonna freak out about it but uh um, yeah i like that um it's funny actually because i well i filmed my special um like a month ago now and um you know i have this joke about katie in it and um you know at the time i don't really know who's gonna win the show or, or what's gonna happen so i i kind of made a joke to wrap it all up like you know what does this guy have that i don't besides abs and a job and then she picked the guy that doesn't have a job or abs you know so i thought <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah she went more dad she went with the dad bod, dad which bod?
1: i mean i'm her. sure he's he's pretty buff but uh Oh, yeah. They did that. They went on Kimmel and said how many times they had banged. Yeah, I saw that. Hey, my, I am so boring. I was like, wow, once you're, you know, I've been, it was my partner for like seven year, seven or eight years now. And it's like, you're you're, you're you're, happy to take a swing a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, we got, we got a farmer's market to go. And it's not even to say I'm like begging for it. You just kind yeah. of, it's you just, just have to figure yeah. what was
0: their number. Or
1: what well, she guessed uh, 40, 40 or something. 40 and he guessed 30, so it's somewhere between 43 and 30. But this was like several months into dating and also, they're only seeing each other in these safe house visits. Yeah. So the show will give them an Airbnb in like, uh, you know, uh, Colorado Springs or, you know, wherever. And they'll, it's usually Malibu, but wherever it is. And they'll get these safe house visits so that they can hang out in a closed environment and then go their separate ways. So yeah. you're doing the math on this and you're like, boy, they need like some electrolyte water or whatever. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, even the, after the, um, what do you call it? The fantasy suite. And she was like, Oh, I, I was pleased several times and it's like all right Katie let's cool it here. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Now now back to what you
1: were saying about your special coming out. That is that is comedy porn for me. I'm watching you I'm watching your your Instagram stories like you, you know the, I'm looking at the lighting rigs. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the chairs you remove so you can have the sliding camera. I'm like yeah man this is cool. Like did you uh-huh. uh, were you able to document the process of like kind of like putting that all together?
2: Not really the way I want to, you know, um we're sort of uh you know i'm still nervous with how covid's gonna play out so like i'm kind of hoarding all my money right now you know um so we even you know did like a sort of a shoestring budget on the i mean i paid him exactly what he wanted so i could be a dick and go remove this i don't want (laughs) to i get i tend to Corey and i are very similar we're will tend to feel guilty asking too much of something that we hired them to do. You know,
1: I would say I'll leave with a bad haircut before I ask them to be like, <laughs> I'll be like, I'll come home and be like, can you take care of my sideburns? My family about time. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
2: why didn't you ask the lady? I'm like, oh, I'm Catholic. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, the only problem I, you know, but this is just the comic that is like, Oh, I could have finished that joke maybe, or I could have, you know, some of the jokes felt like ah, it wasn't quite, but you didn't really have a, you know, it's been a really difficult year to write. And I, I, I tried to embrace it the best I could. And, um, you know, I've, I've got sort of a good process going now with, with new material kind of squeezing that in, but. Well, what's your process for getting a joke on stage? Um, Well I do two podcasts a week basically We have this one and then I do one with my dad And so like I take the jokes from The best jokes from here And then I'll test them out on my dad and his friends He used to be a radio host professionally So it's just like having A comic on old school um, Where I you know we bust Each other's chops for 15 minutes and I try To throw material in and then like I can kind of tell what's gonna work And then there's a Thursday night at a club That I go to that is really good audiences. They fill it up every night and it's it's like, there's a college right nearby, so they have like super young. And then I can just, you know, that's my place where I'm like, even if I eat shit, this club's still gonna book me, they like me. I don't have to sign up five weeks in advance for open mic. I just kind of wander in 15 minutes till showtime and they go, thank God a professional's here. Now at that uh,
1: point, do you have any jokes you bring on stage, like uh, bullets or you, you just know? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I like write
2: everything out. I like, um, I'm, uh, I'm very specific with words. I choose, you know, I've got a, I'll do like, I'll, I'll highlight the punchlines in red and type it all out and go, this is supposed to be the setup and this is the punchline because I'm a super nerd about the, the economy of the words Corey and I actually, uh, taught a comedy class for a while. So I always joke around that like, you know, I was a decent comedian and then, and then Corey had me help teach this class with him. And then Corey, I was like learning along like, Hey, some of this is good stuff, you know, where you're like, you know, they say to master something, you have to teach it again. Um, And that became like, you know, we're doing these lessons and I'm going like, am I doing that kind of stuff? Like not even like once in a while, but like regularly. Yeah. And then the last year is, you know. without even stage time, you have to sort of rely on your, you know, writing instincts or whatever. So isn't it funny uh, though,
1: when, when you have a joke that hits, it's almost so much easier to have like 10 tags to it. So yeah. it's almost like the real struggle is coming up with like an airtight premise, right? That usually like in a good audience, I feel like in most cases the premise will get a chuckle, you know, if it's the right in the right direction. Yeah. And then, and then like, you know, you can just, it just can come out. I took, I, I got into acting first. I, I got a business degree. I got fired, I got my dream job, snuck into it for like an interview, like like followed the lady in the security. Like this, you know, I was like born identity. She had a security card to get into the elevator. I just like walked in behind her, walked up to the, got up to the floor, interview. They're like, you can't interview this way. And then I was like walking away and they're like, wait a second. And then I got my interview. Five months later, I was fired. I just sucked at it. Best thing that could ever happen. Got into acting. That kind of was weird got into improv that was a little closer but still weird and then finally i took a stand-up course when i saw an open mic i saw like a showcase and i was like and you know like most showcases it's pretty brutal usually and then you see how it's not that good comedy and you're like i can do not i can do not good comedy like (laughs) you, you know if you see like you know um I don't know, uh, you know, uh, Chris, like my first, I think special I ever watched was like Chris rock. You see that and you go, well, fuck me That's
2: unattainable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, but then like you, even if you go to a comedy club, one of the first comics I saw was like Robert Kelly, who's just a beast. And you're like, that ain't happening either. And then eventually you get to a showcase of like first timers who just took a course and you go, all right, this is my cup of tea. And, and so I always tell people like, you know, taking a course gets a lot of, you know what it's get you get a lot of comics you're like oh you don't need that but it's like look if it costs you four hundred dollars and you learn to get that mic stand out of the way and learn a few things by all means now that's lesson number one in our class it. really it's it like, yeah. move yeah. this
0: and, and we I say it, like, uh, the best place for a new material is existing material so uh so what you were just talking about as well we talk about that all the time it is so much easier to be like oh like, yeah i already have <laughs> i'm already talking about having fiance uh there's a lot more there probably
1: you know, I was gonna ask you this. I posted this on Facebook. I was asking comics what their strategy is for putting jokes together. As far as like when you were building your your hour, are you talking about like a like a wall in your house with the different you seem like the guy yeah. who's got a, a stack of business cards and arrows and yarn?
2: Yeah, I um
1: <laughs>
2: at the start of it it looks like that. I mean it's funny to, we do a sort of a script for this podcast even. And a a lot of times it's like a messy bunch of words, but it means something to me. And I just got to actually kind of translate it. Um, but yeah, once, um, you know, once it's sort of locked in and then it just becomes one word on the set list, you know, but all my material is very personal. So it, it just becomes about remembering to tell the story in a certain way. Cause like, even though like I'm talking about Katie or whatever, I'm just talking about what actually happened. So I'm not necessarily making stuff up. I just have to remember to be entertaining in the story, you know? So it's about finding the things that are actually interesting to people. And, uh, and, and, and it's a fun joke, you know, cause like sometimes in the, in, in Seattle crowds, you can hear people go, as soon as I say like dildo girl or whatever, they go, Oh, it's Katie, oh my God. And it, but then like the other three quarters of the audience has no idea what I'm talking about. And so that's always the challenge of with that specific joke, there's people that know everything and they want to finish the joke for you. And, but you still have to explain the premise to, to half the audience. So, which can be, um, yeah, which can become jokes in itself when you're kind yeah, of, and then of. it's just about like testing it in front of, a hundred crowds you know I mean again the thing you talked about we say good crowds help you write and bad crowds help you edit where like with a great crowd all of my tags hit and then with a bad crowd every other tag hits and you're like okay maybe some of these aren't real lines you know because it's got to work for everybody that's kind of the thing because I don't have like a specific audience necessarily
1: yeah that's a good point until you, and that's kind of what, like, when you make it as a comic and get your specific audience, sometimes right. it weakens the comic. Yeah. You know, they just know what their audience is going to want and they can just slay Or they settle it.
2: for, like, you know, uh, Berbiglio was one of my favorite comics. And then just the last whatever, it's all dad material and it's kind of hacky and tropey. And I'm like, you know, I get it. I'm sure he's doing great. and I'm sure the people that relate to that content love it. But to me, I was kind of like, you were much more skilled you were doing much more skilled material, I thought, at the at the earlier stages, but but uh, you know, I've got zero Netflix specials, so you know, myself. But well, that's uh, kind of what what became interesting with me
1: with the pandemic is sometimes you know like I'll take a few weeks off during Christmas break, we're doing a lot of traveling, and then you're like, oh my gosh, you took two weeks off, and then all of a sudden in the pandemic, I took like a lot of time off with a couple of random shows in between, and. I was actually surprised that getting back into it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think we were so hard on ourselves that we know when we're not just striking at all cylinders, but like still get up on stage and like it all kind of takes itself over for the yeah. most part. I mean, you yeah. know, all the, all the random skills of dealing with a crowd that aren't necessarily like, like I, I would say, I guess the quickest thing to go is like, memorizing or not not memorizing but like maybe the syncopation of like what yeah. of like how you do yeah. but like ah, oh, the juking and jiving is kind of yeah. like you can be like yeah. an old guy and still know how to box but you yeah. might not like have your stamina or whatever yeah, yeah
2: it's the rhythm of like delivering it the same way every time when you just don't even think about it but i'm real i'm real uh fuck you know weirdo uh, i got to I'll look at the set list and panic for an hour before I'll mutter to myself backstage. And Corey is standing there looking at me. Hey, like, what are you talk doing? to himself. Yeah. And
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't
1: that I'm
2: wild? Like- I'm not shadow boxing, but I'm going the 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 thing, and that that goes into the thing. I got, it. I got it, I got it. You know, but yeah, the anxiety that comes
1: with for me, it's more, it's more new venues. I don't know how to get on stage. I'm like, are yeah. they going to do, how, how long are they doing the opening music thing? Like yeah. all, and it's just, it's just, it's like comics, we just want control. Yeah. And it's like, when you don't know if that does the mic already have a thing. And you know, when you don't know all these little things, you start right. to like obsess with
2: them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're also pretty hard on ourselves. I think. For sure. I think that's part of though, you know, even being a road comic is like, i've performed in bars and all sorts of you know i think like if you just get me some people that are paying attention i think i can get them you know um i don't really panic about i just go every time i'm like you know maybe these people won't like jokes or whatever but you know most of the time it goes fine it just is your own head that you get stuck in
1: yeah we've all like i remember this one show i used to do in um in hollywood during the olympics they would leave the tv on over your head and it was like my set was like the gymnastics part of the and it's like who i don't even want to do my set right now like literally <laughs> just you see a bunch of eyeballs just yeah yeah <laughs> la not to set limitations la is the worst place to work out jokes stage time short auditions are two minutes long audiences right. aren't Necessarily, humans in like in Hollywood. You know, we like, will like to drive like 10, 10, 10 or twenty miles away, which can sometimes be an hour away, just to be right. like, oh, I'm gonna get a human here. Yeah. I'm gonna get someone who's not like a, you know, a screenplay writer when I try <laughs> to do crowd work. And and that's kind of the hard part is like this. Sh- here's what I learned when I'm doing like the improv's open mic, which I don't even do anymore. But like that's like um, I don't know, four minutes, three, three and a half, li- light at three. I get stressed trying to fit jokes into a time frame. Every time I've got longer sets, air things out. You can you can just create that space that's needed where you know with comedy, you know so much is what you don't say and so much is what like I remember this one this one show I had, right? I had two shows right before the pandemic. The first one I bombed really bad and it was at the Soho House, which is like You have to valet your car. I have an old car. I had to valet it. I'm embarrassed. Everyone's dressed up. And then I bombed some, some girl in the front row called me problematic. It was bad. I had to follow uh, Uh, Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan. I had to follow this comic. who's a guitar comic, Morgan J. And he's really funny. And he just crushed. I'm walking to the stage and he's walking by me. Like it's, it's like super sold out. And he's like shimmery, shimmying with his nice guitar. And he just looks at me and he goes, sorry, man. And he walks away and I'm like, I'm like, sorry, man. What are you talking about? And then ate it just ate it and I was like nice but then the next then the next show I had I did that typical thing where like the show didn't matter it was at a cool lounge cool audience but I just got on stage and I like I honestly this doesn't happen often but I just forgot what I was going to talk about I was like oh you know like and I probably for the first 30 seconds didn't really say much of anything and the audience laughed the whole time and obviously that's was a nice crowd but I was like oh you don't have to be this guy who just how quick can I get up on stage and get my first joke out but that's kind of what I think the fight or flight mentality becomes when like they announce your name and you're walking to the stage and the an- adrenaline and you know it's like it's like how do you fight a- it's like trying to learn how to fight against that natural panic that you feel because well, sometimes the audience-
0: that looks uh disingenuous you know you don't look uh, like you're being genuine when you're like like they can see they don't know what they see but they see the bullshit of like all right, I wrote this and this is This is my first joke, you know, as yeah. opposed to like playing or being like in the, a little bit more in the, moment. Well, I mean, like Patrice is special. He's just talking, he, you know, he's just talking to that woman in the front row and he's, he's but is he talking to that, what just talking to that woman in the front, you know, like, but he looks like it and it's so natural and it's killing. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, that was yeah.
1: so good. He was so good, but you're right. Like he's, he's talked to that woman in the front row a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah, and not, yeah. not to say, obviously, she's not a plant, but, like, right. he's done every, like, what are you going to, he's thrown every type of pitch at these people, so he's already got an answer. But I'm yeah. like, the balls that he has to assume, I hate to ruin the punchline, but at this nah. point, to assume, yeah. to assume that the audience member, the care. whole audience, he basically assumes the whole audience isn't going to know that the, the Argentinian chick's name or whatever it was. Right. right. Yeah. And then, you know, who else did that recently was Aziz Ansari's special. Did you Uh, see that one? No. He basically does the whole, he does a whole thing where he's like, uh, You know, he mentions, uh, he mentions like a, a, I don't know, like a war act that happened. Like, you know, he's talking about, and again, I'm I'm probably way off on this, but it's like he's talking about Benghazi. And then he mentions another one to the audience and they, the whole audience like agrees with him. And he even gets a guy in the audience to like give his point of view about this thing. The guy that Aziz Ansari just made up.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then
1: Aziz Ansari's like, I'm all full of shit. None of this was real. And the whole audience erupts. And it was just like that moment where you realize you can create and you can create a reaction out of people because they're all just going to play along when you have, if you get them to the point where they're eating out of your hands. And I was like the balls that uh, Aziz Ansari had, but he had probably worked that out a million times. And I-, I wish I could explain it better, but it was just with that moment where like, you can't mess that up. Like
2: he had yeah, to- Aziz is known to, to just uh, plow through it. And uh, you know, nah. uh, uh, yeah, doesn't he take no balls. <laughs> he doesn't care what people think. He just uh... stroke a genius. Uh... <laughs>
1: but I was like, I was like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have any opinions about him in either direction. I'm Switzerland on him, but I was like, Oh, wow. That's so cool because you see like magicians and illusionists that they'll, they'll know who in an audience that they can get to say what, what the crowd wants to hear because they know whether the audience members is going
2: along with it or whatever. And it's, and you can kind of get that, I, I guess. Well, they th- call it, the magicians like they call it a, a illusion of choice, where you think you have free will, but they're leading you in a direction to only say a specific thing or whatever, you know. Yeah,
1: that's a good way to look at it. And I guess as comics, you can kind of suss out who in the audience would be a good sport, I guess. Which honestly, I used to open up for um, Craig Shoemaker. He uh, he performs all over for the last thirty years. I don't know some younger people don't know him, but he's he um he, he just doesn't want to do crowd work with women because he goes, they, they, they always don't give me funny stuff. <laughs> and uh, again, and maybe, and he's like, the guy's done it for 30 years. And he goes, they just try to talk like, you know, and they, I this can happen with the guys too, but like he, you know, as a comic, a lot of times you want to ask a question that's going to give you a quick answer. And a lot of times you get these things where you're like, Jesus Christ. You can like feel yeah. the energy of the room. It's like, if I don't shut you up right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like the whole idea of like cracking an egg to make an omelet. It's like, I don't, I want to be the nicest guy in the world, but shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah, 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 because you just want to like get the control back. And it's a very- well, dumb-
0: my daughter, she went, <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> yeah, just asked if you were, a, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, you just have to- yeah. You have to get to that point where you're like all right I'm going to have to like a, like like piss this one person off to save the room. I don't well,
2: know. Hopefully uh you know one of us gets on a reality show soon and then we can start selling our own tickets and uh you know.
0: Yeah, that's the
2: um, way to do it. <laughs> I was thinking about too that you know I got that audition for like they were like oh it's Discovery Channel. But now that I think about it I'm like I don't think Discovery has announced a show or like anything's happened and so i wonder if that that because of course they're not going to tell you like oh it's fuck boy island or whatever and i'm like i wonder if that was the show and they just go oh he's too wholesome and we need we need a chat or whatever you know they're casting season two they just got picked up oh it's Signing.
1: you might have something there
2: yeah Yeah. i you know i do these auditions i just get i get like one producer that likes me and then i get to the next round and it's a curmudgeony old lady who doesn't get any of my jokes and, <laughs> and andrew they...
0: has uh, more of a face for a writer for fuckboy island yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you've
2: got sound guy energy
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that show just i know a couple of comics that are producers on that they're just la mm-hmm. comics and they produced on the bachelor which elon gale was a bachelor producer and then creates fboy island so he brought his guys along. So like, yeah, some of them, they're, they're just like this, like Brad Silnitzer. he's a very, very funny comic. And he was telling me like, he just got broke up. He got dumped and then had to go while he was still on the bachelor. They were, you know, this was before the pandemic where they had to go, you know, to like Switzerland or wherever. And he was literally like crouched over hiding, you know, behind the table of the scene, you know, doing whatever the PAs do while he was going through a breakup just like watching two people make out and i'm like yeah it's kind of a shitty <laughs> circumstance to be in
2: everyone's oh, in love and
1: you're just miserable but um yeah i mean you you know that's what's interesting is you don't see too many comics make it through like
2: well, i think they would know i mean this is sort of my reaction to it is like there's no way they would put me on there because they know i'm not there for the right reason necessarily <laughs> which, uh, spoiler alert, is going to be my uh, album title uh, for obvious. the wrong reasons. Um, is, but, it weird,
1: uh, is it weird looking at someone you know like Katie, who's now a celebrity, and knowing... Is it like... like what, What's that all about? How does that feel?
2: I think she... Um, well, every time I say she's a great actress, people think it's an insult, but I'm like, no, she's... I think she was literally born for this role because she genuinely wanted to find someone and, and also, she's a great actress who she delivers the company lines that's what i said about it is like every time she has to go on my journey and on my like i can tell she's acting but i'm like she's nailing it like she you believe her but she's also so genuine that they try to manipulate her in certain ways and i feel like she's like nah i'm not going to really you know, she even like kicked guys off and she's going, yeah, I don't, I don't need another date with this guy. I don't need to make out with this guy a seventh time. I don't, I'm not, you know. Um, it was very funny
1: because they had to finish the season a week early yeah and the producers are like uh what do we they're probably looking through their binders of like yeah. show of like date yeah.
2: ideas to emer- it's like a pilot looking at his emergency okay, we, what button do the, do we I did, did the jacuzzi we can't call do the thing. ring guy what's going bring on bring andrew
1: on no no no, <laughs> no 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 no. we don't want it. last <laughs> yeah, minute yeah neil lane wasn't even there for the ring and i thought maybe it's because they had to skype him in and, you know they were doing it a week early but um you know she she was accused by a lot of people that like they were saying that the producers were trying to sabotage her because she wasn't friendly for the show. And I'm thinking that's what you want out of somebody
2: who's not going to go along with what the producers want. Here's an example. I mean, it is her life at the end of it. She has to stay with the guy and like they couldn't, this is my take on it is like, and I said this to her too, is I think she put the weight of the show on her shoulders even to be like, no no no, we're going to have a truth circle, we're going to have a, a rain donation screen. We're gonna, I'm like this is you got to rebuild the reputation of this show after the last debacle of a season. Yeah.
1: And uh, I thought so right. it was
2: great, but she still has to like I would have been fascinated to see, I mean, I'm not the only Andrew that got away, but uh <laughs> it would have been fascinating to see if she snuffed out Greg a little bit earlier what would have happened if, if Andrew sticks in the final four. Um, cause I go, I mean, when I, wa- I go, she's really smart. And like Thomas, the guy I, the whole time, I'm like he's such a bad actor. Cause he's like, he's delivering the lines, but you don't believe him. And that's the difference where he's like, I'm falling for you heavily. And it's like, you just two minutes ago said, <laughs> you know, this is all bullshit. Yeah, and she sees right through it. She goes, "You're hot, and I want to bang you, but I can't keep you on." If you're on the and, show, um, you have to be convinced you're going to win.
1: And so, like Greg Grippo, right? Yeah, he, uh, I you know we interviewed date like like therapists, like doc, like people that know what they're talking about. And this one, um, Dr. Diane, she was like, "Everyone's like tea. You don't know what flavor you are until you get dropped in hot water." Yeah, and like Greg Grippo was perfectly fine until he saw Katie on a date, and then fantasy sweeps were around the corner. So it's almost like. His threshold of letting her kiss other guys, no big deal. But the second like, oh, we're gonna be bumping Harrison's now. Like that kind of triggered all of <laughs> Hey, own. hey, hey, with the language over here. It's <laughs> a <laughs> yeah, good show here. And you just realize that like, I wouldn't have been much better at, you know, she didn't play by the rules. So she only had one fantasy date. A, a lot of people will do three and maybe have sex with all three, maybe not yeah. their choice. But then, they, but then even if it's your choice, you still have the fallout of like, like Caitlin Bristow. She's a host this season. She, yes. her winner was, um, was, uh, Sean Booth. They were engaged for several years, but he couldn't get it out of his head that she hooked up with this other guy. And it was like that close. Like it just messed with him. And like, you can't blame someone that it messes with them. So Katie was like, I'm not saying I love you till it's the guy. Right. She says it to Blake. Uh, and then, then she lets the other guy go. She's like, that's where it ends. And the other guy she's over. Had, I, I made a pick. Yeah. So then the other guy walks
2: up and they do that thing where, like, he's like, Hey, and she's like, No. (laughs) I mean, even like he's like running up and she's like, Don't, uh, don't do a hooju on me.
1: Yeah. If the producers had it their way, they'd have two and they'd have two proposals. Yeah. And I I swear there's money involved. She'll never say it. No one will ever tell you this. But I swear the lead must get paid a bonus if they can get the guy to get on on the ground to propose because (laughs) they'll. You know what I mean? Like they'll literally, yeah. they'll wait till the guy gets down, and then they'll go, "No, no, 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 no!" And they'll like grab him by the shoulders, and he's like, "Oh, what the?"
0: You know? Well, I, I believe, I believe, I don't watch enough to know nothing, but I believe that because Corey
2: could he, barely make it through with DVRing past stuff. Oh,
0: <laughs> so, but, but, and I, you know, I know Katie as well, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I can't." But uh, the the photo op for it, the video, the promo, all those things that they can, you know, keep us suspense, keep keep us in suspense as much as possible. But if they're look looking at her with a video of her going, <laughs> like, how do we trick? How do we make that look like something?
1: And that's, might the key. Have happened. that's the key to having a close-up shot at all times. Cause yeah. you can edit, you know, but Oh, so the point I was going to make on bachelor in paradise premieres tonight, uh. um, <laughs> you had Blake Horstman. And now this is a complicated one. Say your DVR Corey, you got to miss, you're going to so miss this. this guy, I would watch know, that. Yeah. This guy, Blake Horstman. Now I might butcher this up, but I'm trying my best. He goes yeah. to stagecoach right before, right before bachelor in paradise. He bangs Christina one night, just random nice girl from Kentucky with a Russian accent bangs her. Then the next night, he bangs this other girl who's now happily with someone else so then he goes on bachelor in paradise and then the other girl that he banged was like i thought you were into me and, he, and they they almost like soft me toed him it was like a thing where the bachelor producers made him out to be this bad guy so much show that they showed this girl entering bachelor in paradise and they showed blake horseman running away angry now he defends himself afterwards and says I was heading to the bathroom. They (laughs) interviewed me for an hour after I'd been drinking and I, I was literally running to the bathroom and they turned that into him like being this bad guy. Afterwards, He is forced to pull the nuclear codes and show the text messages that were sent to him, which were the girl number two who accused him of being a bad guy. She wouldn't take no for an answer and was texting him being like, I'm coming over tonight. And he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, we're having sex. And he's like, no, we're not. And she's like, I'm in an Uber. And then they hooked up. Now, I'm not saying she's a horrible person for like, being flirty and coming after him. But then she tried to like accuse him of being something. And he was like, I got to share this. You could see he's like a nice guy. And he was like, I hate to do this. And he got raked for it. I mean, he was vilified for sharing these intimate text messages. But he was like, I had to defend myself. So he was this example of like, who he went down swinging and he's still, he is now like several years later. This is like three years ago. Several years later, people finally were like, oh, he got a bad deal. He got a bad deal but the initial pitchforks take a very long time to like put away Yeah. and wow. that's what you just see on the show where you go oh my gosh they're like destroying people yeah and yeah. even me trying to explain it all I got in a fight with my fiance over it we watched it from different viewpoints and we're like arguing over it I'm like I think this guy got a bad deal
2: she's like how can you think that and it's like I don't know and then you know <laughs> years later it comes out that like he was you just shouldn't to- have competing video blogs where you're like this guy doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about listen to me, <laughs> listen you <know>. to me. <laughs> He's happy with me
1: closing the door
2: and like yeah. sharing my
1: opinions in the other room like yeah. she's very much doesn't want to hear it but it it's been Hilarious for her to see the change this year in the viewers because I I, I used to have a joke about like I'm a feminist because my fiance makes more money. I feel like every comic's got one of these right, sure. and
2: now I'm finally like, oh, I'm I'm the breadwinner now. Oh, I'm bringing home the you bacon know. here. Right. But she's already like, got a hot model wife and uh, and a YouTube income. Absolutely, yeah. I'm trying to get her to like quit her job and like do something she loves. And- Let daddy take care of you. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: yeah. Let's go out to dinner or whatever. <laughs> But well, I it, hope it,
0: you can get her to agree with you that that guy got a raw deal. That would be a real win. If, I
1: think she book. realizes that over <laughs> time. but once you come up with a, an opinion, it is hard to change a mind. Mm. and I, there's a there's a world where like just what I said would be clipped as like a misogynist thing and it's like sure. I mean, but luckily the more it's just like with comedy. The funnier I think you are on stage, the more an audience is gonna like give you the benefit of the doubt if you're telling a new joke or whatever and i feel like with my youtube people like i think they're starting to realize like we're just trying to get down to like what the hell's actually going on through all of the edited muck and yeah. like and you know but i still get you know so much random shit for it but like you just you just start to realize like enough people like what you're doing so like if some people don't like it no big deal but you know all right well, so well, we're, not, last, we're not uh, taking
0: this episode down so. <laughs> okay yeah yeah oh i hate have you, had,
1: have you ever had anyone ask you to take an episode down uh, no my other
0: podcast yeah oh times.
1: i do it but i've had people and i go what were you why did you say yeah. it what yeah, are yeah. you doing well yeah i've had like three or four and it's like ugh. Oh. and and, I, and i'll gladly do it he's got
2: like five years sure. but i'm like yeah. sometimes people will go can you clip out the part where i made fun of this guy and i'm like eh yeah. we can you say you at the beginning out- we don't like to edit so can you just I don't, I don't know. you know can we you just, just want to put out it that only good part please yeah. i would like if it- Oh, I mean, yeah, we're we, going to edit did... this to get all sorts of controversy, but...
0: Uh... <laughs> I did do it for somebody, for this podcast, that's right. Madison. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-oh, edit that out. Now, uh, and then I... Uh, my other podcast interview strippers, and they... Uh, A handful of times have been like can you not you know make your make your
2: hobby your passion and like uh, you
0: show (laughs) your butthole to people on stage so you don't want me to you're embarrassed by something you said i don't get it yeah we had that
1: we had a porn star on and she was like getting offended i was asking porn star questions and i was like (laughs) what i thought we were gonna talk about your rise in the porn world and like i became i like started
2: to become the bad guy and i was like no 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 like we'll we'll talk about that is she a comic also does that uh, no Oh, OK, because oh, okay. he, he I know a porn star that is a comedian down in L.A., but I'd wondered I if I maybe it was the same lady. But
1: no, comics, for the most part, are 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 good and open. But people, yeah, people start to overthink things. And it's like, you said it we the cameras on. I thought we were good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I ran out of episodes my first. I had to just be like, oh, that's the end of the first season. Because uh, <laughs> I just had ran the, out of had
1: this one guy. He was raised super religious, like on his way to becoming a pastor then he became like a kink guy and he like loved bondage. So like the episodes, like, you know, getting into, you know, whatever it was, bondage related with with the guy's name. And then like two years after the episode and it's like, the guy's got no following, but if he Googles his name, he still sees that he's like, I'm actually back into being a pastor now. And I'm like, dude, pick one. (laughs) Like, Uh, are you into bondage? or Are you a pastor?
2: Like he's flip-flopping on the two. And so that's
0: the way the comedy time guys felt about you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. sold out. I sold out. (laughs) Well, from what I hear in the Catholic church, they do a little bit of both, but uh, yeah, we, we, we're not flip-floppers. We're all in. (laughs) Come to my confessional booth. Okay. Well, let's end um, on that,
0: I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Where do people find you, uh, uh, Dave?
1: Uh, Dave Neal on YouTube, D Neals on Instagram, D N E A L Z.
0: All right. Andrew is Andrew J. Rivers on all the things. I'm Corey Michaelis Comedy. On all the things. Uh, that was really fun and interesting, man. Thanks for uh, spending a lot of time with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. We'll be back next week with a uh, less interesting guest. Uh,
1: <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> thanks.